five minutes in, he says, so this is what we're offering you. And I said, oh, okay. So I officially got a deal offered to me. I accepted it without questioning it. WWE is where I have always wanted to be. It was always the goal for me. So right from there, I accepted it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character. I'm your host, as always, Ryan Satin. And this week on the podcast, we've got an NXT superstar. We've got Joe Gacy on the show. Super fun conversation with that guy. Uh, I think it's definitely, you know, if you're used to seeing his cult-like character on TV, his darkness, it's fun to see him out of character here today. You're going to get a very different Joe Gacy than what you see on TV every week. But before we get to that conversation, just got to do a little bit of house cleaning here. Make sure if you're watching this video on YouTube that you're also subscribed to the Out of Character podcast feed. Because if you're only listen, if you're only watching uh, on YouTube, there is audio content that you're missing out on. I'm back to doing my Raw and SmackDown roundups where I talk about each show and run down everything that happened, giving my thoughts on both. So make sure you're subscribed to the Out of Character podcast feed so that you get those shows. All right, out of the way, done with that. Let's get to my conversation with Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy. Thank you so much for joining me here. I appreciate it very much. How's your day going? Uh, it's good. Thank you for having me. I'm actually a really big fan of the show, so super excited to be here. Thank you, dude. I appreciate you saying that very much. Well, if you've seen the show in the past, I'm going to start this off with the same thing that I ask everybody else, and that is how much of your real true self is there in the character that you play on TV? Uh, well, um, I don't know. Um, I think maybe a little bit. I think maybe um, myself is more in my in-ring work over the talking aspect of my character. Um, I think maybe I'm just, I guess you could say it's maybe more based on a younger me. Uh, I used to be maybe a little bit more angrier than I have been now, growing up now, or grown up now. Um so, I, I mean, I try to put a little bit of myself in there as much as I can. Um, but as you can see, it's probably hard for an average person to be the character I am on TV. <laughs> well, who are some sense. of the people that kind of inspired the character that you play on TV with the talking and the, not the, maybe the in-ring aspect, but the character aspect? Um, well, I would say I won't say any specific names, but I'll go ahead and just throw out there a lot of uh, famous cult leaders of the past. Um, but then I also take inspiration from like movies. Um, weirdly, a uh, newer one I've been kind of uh, incorporating would be um, a character from a movie called Near Dark. Um, Bill Paxton, it was like an old vampire movie. Uh, Bill Paxton played the character um as i'm a big movie buff so um and then on top of that i like to think i sprinkle a little bit of negan from the walking dead kind of on top of everything have you seen that new uh show on netflix the how to be a cult leader so i did i actually i've only watched the first two episodes um but yeah i definitely want to finish it is it so it's worth watching <laughs> i see it i keep seeing it on yeah. the screen when i'm on there i'm like that looks like something i'd be into yeah, it's pretty cool if like you're into shows like that. Um, my wife pointed it out to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and we watched the first two episodes, and uh, I think we're gonna. I think it's only maybe six episodes, but we're gonna definitely finish it. 
cult leaders fascinate me, dude. Cults in general fascinate me. Like I watched that one uh, documentary on Heaven's Gate, and I remember it so vividly from my youth. But seeing the whole documentary again as an adult, you're like, it's crazy when someone can convince a whole group of people to do something so crazy. I mean, it's if you look into any of those stories, like it's just mind blowing that this stuff actually happened. Um, especially like uh, the second episodes, like the Jim Jim Jones situation. Um, it's just crazy that like that stuff is actually in our history, and it was <laughs> it happened. I actually recently watched um, the TV show Waco. I watched which that was one. like yep. tapping all that. Um, so that was I didn't I knew a little bit, but I didn't actually know the full story of that whole situation. So that actually kind of blew my mind. That documentary but, um, was crazy. I watched that one too, and I yeah. similarly I you'd always heard about it, but I didn't know all the details. And yeah, exactly. Uh, and I remember <laughs> I remember I had a I was hanging out with a friend recently who I used to work with, and he was telling me yeah, I think he had a meeting with the people who made it or, or something like that, and uh, he was telling me that like they basically just went to the news station and were like, "Do you guys have any?" Thing that people might not have seen and they were like oh yeah dude we've got all this stuff people have never seen that like we didn't have anything to do with it and they're like can we buy it and they're like yup and they just they've swooped it all up that's and made crazy. that documentary and i was like man that, that that's crazy they were just sitting on that all that stuff i know i guess they just wanted to show somebody if they collected it <laughs> yeah, exactly i feel like that reporter guy who spent all that time there he was like thank god this stuff is finally getting used i said it's so much work out there yeah because i remember that 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 part where they talk about the the person who asks for directions or whatever and they're like we're we're here for, there's going to be a raid and they ask someone who's part of the compound about it that's the part of the documentary yeah. where i was like god imagine you screw the whole thing up like that oh man <laughs> yeah that's something dumb i would do that's something dumb i would do <laughs> okay so cult leader stuff that's your character on on tv uh how would you describe your off-screen personality then uh fool I don't know, big nerd. Uh, I think maybe I don't know if that's like a a common thing now. I think a lot of people call themselves a nerd, but I mean, uh, I'm very into video games. I'm very into movies. I'm very into TV shows. I'm, I mean, I'm just into pretty much everything that um, I don't know. One would think maybe a nerdy person would be into. So <laughs> I would say I guess I'm just a big old nerd. What are you nerding out the most for right now? Uh, I guess video games. I've been playing a lot of video games lately. Um, Which one? I mean, I've always played video games my whole life. So um, lately I've actually had a little bit of more time than I used to. So I'm just kind of burning through a bunch of games I haven't played and that I've been meaning to play that I haven't played. So, <laughs> yeah. well, Which ones? What are we talking about here? Which games are we playing? Uh, well, so... Funny enough, I what was the last one I just played? So, okay, so I just played um, the very first Alan Wake video game. I put that off for years. Um, I played a game called Dead Island Two. Uh, I've heard of that game. I mean, when I say play, I I beat these games in the last couple months. Um, I played the Dead Space remake, um, the Resident Evil Four remake. Uh, so right now I'm playing this really weird game. I found it just randomly on the, uh, the network, uh, PlayStation network thing. Um, it's called inscription. It's this really weird game that like starts off like you're playing this like card game with this guy in the dark. And then it just 
kind of goes from there and you realize you're actually in a situation you have to escape while you're also playing this card game. Um, it's really weird. I've not done it yet, but it's really out there. Uh, it's very intriguing. So if you're into something like that, I would say check it out. I love um, how you can do that now, how you can just kind of like cruise around in the indie market yeah. or like, you know, I had Xbox for a long time and you can kind of like, if you already had the game pass, you can just kind of play a random game you might not have played before. Yeah. And I love it so much being able to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's uh, I definitely opened up to a lot of games I didn't think I would ever play. So I was like, you know, let me check this out. And uh, I think I might check out a lot more of the independent titles and see uh, how they're looking. Have you played? Like, I'm sure you've played once as yourself in 2K, but like, well, yeah, yeah, I had to, right? Had, of course, uh, of course. But do you, <laughs> but do you have, because it's you in the game now, like, does it inspire you to go play it more to be yourself and do whatever? Or are you kind of like, well, that's kind of weird if I did career mode with myself. So my big thing uh, I really wanted to do is, cause I saw they, they did like a little preview of the entrance. So, I saw that already and it was like really cool. But then the day it came out, all I cared about was I really need to see what my moveset is. I really need to see what moves they gave me. Is it stuff I actually do? Is it stuff that they just said, ah, let's give it to them. Um, but it's pretty accurate, which surprised me. So everything that I do in the game is stuff that I do in real life. So uh, I think that's pretty cool. And a lot of it is stuff that I know they put in the game for me. Like it wasn't just, stuff that was already in the game before. Um, so I thought that was really cool that there's a lot of original uh, moves that I do in there. And your finisher is hard to hit. I When I came home, when I came home from Jamaica, it is, it is dude, because <laughs> when I came home from Jamaica, I was like, oh, sick, this is in the game now. So I went and played yeah. it and I played these dude, and I was like, it took me so long to finally like get it down to be able to hit somebody with it. But I love it. It's It's an awesome new addition to like the springboard type moves. It took me a minute too, actually. Uh, I think I had to like look it up how to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the that's what goes so good about being a gamer now, though, dude. I remember when I was a kid, if you couldn't figure something out, you couldn't figure it out. You had to like maybe see it in a magazine or have a friend tell you or something. Uh, so many games I didn't finish when I was a kid because I was like, I don't, I don't know how to get past this. And now you can just pull up YouTube and some kid is like done a whole walkthrough of the whole game and it makes you know, oh that's the thing I didn't do got it okay cool and that's that's the hard part because if I play something and I'm stuck on a part like I'm literally just looking at my phone like should I look this up or should I try to figure it out on my own most of the time I do figure it out on my own but there's maybe been once or twice I'm like all right let me just google this I would say 90% <laughs> of the time I'm go I'm googling it dude I'm just going on yeah. YouTube because I, I'm so bad at like story games where I'm like, nope, I'm not going to figure this out. I'm just going to, I'm just going to YouTube it real quick. It'll save me yeah. so much effort. So I'm like, how do I beat this? Yeah. It, uh, it frustrates me. Uh, you know, you said uh, you're into nerd stuff and I actually like when you post about nerd stuff because uh, I feel like we're, we're like, you know, we're like the same age. So uh, similar interests as me and I'm also a huge Marvel guy. So when you posted about Marvel the other day, I was like, that's a pretty good top five right there. That's that's a that's a pretty good top five of the MCU. Yeah, the MCU is great though, man. I I I I feel like it's one of those things where some people complain about it, where they're like, "Oh, it's ruined movies or whatever," and I'm like, "Nah, dude." And it's made me so happy to go to the movies all the time now. I love yeah. all them. I love all of them. Yeah, me too. I I think it's definitely in a weird place at the moment, but I think like once 
everything starts coming together, in my opinion, it'll start getting to uh, a point that makes sense. I know, like, I guess phase four kind of turns some fans away, maybe. Uh, but I don't know. I think the, the phase five stuff starting to maybe finally come together and I think it'll pay off somewhere, somewhere down the line soon. It, but no, it, it's been great. It always <laughs> helps when they have like a thing that, you know, they're building towards. And I feel like that was the real thing that's been missing for a minute, you know, post end game sure. where it was like, well, what are we building to here? Like what's going on? And now that we have an Avengers movie announced, it felt like we had a direction going. I feel like they might have to change some things because of some bad things that happened with the actor and stuff. But I feel like we're slowly kind of getting on pace again. Yeah, I think uh, I think we'll finally get to that point again. And I mean, at the same time, I think they were experimenting with, uh, you know, especially some of the uh, the TV shows they were doing. They were just kind of seeing, in my opinion, maybe what worked, what didn't work. Because um, if they, they can't just keep making the same type of thing over and over again, because then people will get bored. Um, I do like that. Like lately, they have been trying to dabble in different genres, um, which I think is cool because in one universe, you just have a bunch of different stories that are different genres. Like for me, I'm a big horror movie fan. So when they did the uh, Werewolf by Night special, I don't know if you like saw that. Yeah, it was awesome. I thought it was like one of the best things that the MCU have done in a long time. It so was, was so sick. It was so sick. Yeah. I, I, and I really feel like not it kind of got lost in the shuffle. People don't really talk about it. It's not really like a thing mentioned in the MCU. And I also thought that thing ruled. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. I watched it like three times. (laughs) Did you like secret invasion? Uh, I, so I did. I liked it for what it was, but I feel like maybe it could have, I feel like the stakes weren't high enough. If that makes sense. Um, I don't know. Like it was good, but like, I feel like they could have done maybe something different with it. Yeah, I was like, really? like, And I, I tried so hard to be enjoy. I t- tried so hard to enjoy every episode of it. And like you said, I enjoyed it for what it was. But I was like, yeah. man, you have Nick Fury for these episodes. And like, this is all we really yeah. did with him? Like, really? Yeah, for <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he didn't another really happen. Not, not a lot really happened. And then like, you kind of killed off two really good characters real willy-nilly. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like some people that didn't watch it, so now if they saw... I don't know, like Captain Marvel, they're going to wonder where, oh, where'd this character go? Where'd that character go? Because maybe they didn't even watch the show, which, I mean, I guess in the MCU that can happen with any project. You miss one thing and you're out of the loop, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I, and I'm like a, I loved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, that was on too. for a while. I was, I was really, I, I was really hoping that we were going to see like Daisy or something make an appearance. And I was even like, okay, yeah. this, this makes the whole show better now. This yeah, fixes sure. everything. But no, everyone still forgets <laughs> Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm glad that you liked it too. It was a great show. I was, I got into it late. I think I start, I started it when it was on like season four or five, but um, during like quarantine, actually I binged like the whole show. So I was like super obsessed with it at the time. <laughs> Hopefully Daisy gets in the MCU at some point. <laughs> well, I hope so. I, I always liked her on the show. Yeah, she's so good. All right, we'll, we'll switch to you. We'll talk about you and not nerd stuff. Uh, so you grew up in <laughs> New Jersey, right? Uh, New Jersey, right outside of Philadelphia. Uh, what was your upbringing like? Uh, I guess you could say I lived kind of in a woodsy town. Um, I was, you know, the kind of childhood where you just, me and my friends would go walk in the woods it's what we did for fun. We just kind of was like, let's go out in the woods and walk around. It's a real stand by um, me kind of situation. Yeah, kind of. I mean, you know, <laughs> we didn't do the things they did in the movie, but, uh, you know, we would just adventure around. I mean, it was like 
you know, just random patches of woods in the neighborhood I grew up in. And we didn't know what was out there. So we were just like, oh, let's go out in the woods and see what we could find. <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of that type of stuff, uh, you know, typical childhood, uh, hung out with a lot of friends, played some sports in high school, uh, grew up, fallen in love with wrestling. Uh, me and my brother was, you know, we were kind of obsessed with it ever since I was I don't know, five. My brother is four years older than me. So he got into it and kind of brought me along into it. Um, so, yeah, my brother's the same way. He's four, he was four years older than me and and definitely okay. just pulled me along for, for the ride with him as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so then. Okay. So you were pretty young then when you got into wrestling. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I was a fan of it for as long as I can even remember. So I just remember me and my brother watching like Monday Night Raw every Monday. Um, I think probably around the time. Well, so Monday Night Raw, but then also he introduced me to ECW. That was when we were watching on around the same time. But I only knew WWE at the time. So when he showed me ECW, I was like, what is this? I had no idea that wrestling could be this way. Um, so I actually started kind of getting a little obsessed with Mick Foley. And then I remember like, I, I watched it live when mankind made his like in-ring debut on raw. And that was like the, I think that for me was the moment I was like, this is what I want to do. That's awesome. That's so sick, dude. Because Mick Foley is that gateway for a lot of people. He's Mick Foley is what got me into wrestling. I definitely, yeah. the, my, my brother and I were playing basketball our neighbor was like, I got this tape. You got to see it. That happened over the weekend. This guy got, I don't even want to tell you, this guy got thrown off a thing. You got to come watch it. We were like, <laughs> okay, cool. And like, we came over and I just was glued to it. Just like, I can't believe that someone can do this because for so long when you were a kid, because I kind of liked wrestling, my dad loved wrestling. So I, wa you know, I'd watch it every now and then. But it was always like when you talk about it with other kids, it was like, oh, that stuff's fake. Oh, that stuff's fake. Oh, that stuff's fake. And then I, you see Mick Foley and you're like, no one can tell me this is fake. Like you can't fake these things this man is doing. Like this is real. And so I remember that kind of being <laughs> yeah. my gateway to it as well because it's like this guy was he was awesome. Yeah. Awesome and uh always sympathetic. Always felt bad anytime he was getting beat up. So <laughs> yeah. I cheered for him, you know. <laughs> so ECW guy, growing up big ECW guy. Well, outside, I lived outside of Philadelphia, so, you know, I feel like if you're a wrestling fan in that area, like, how can you not be, you know? <laughs> Did you go to ECW shows? Uh, so, I was too young to ever go to an actual show. Um, I so badly was trying to get tickets for the one-night stand pay-per-view, but uh, I couldn't couldn't get my hands on them. So, I, only, I only got uh, to go to one. Other, yeah. I got to go yeah, to one, I, and I hold that memory close. <laughs> I'm jealous a little bit because I just never got to see it like live once. That sucks too because you're, you're an East Coaster. So you'd think that you'd, you're right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's why, which is funny. Uh, my wife has actually been to a few of ECW shows when she was a kid because she grew up a wrestling fan. So like she's been to more than I have. So go figure. <laughs> That's great. You're the wrestler and your wife is the one who's been to ECW shows. That's amazing. Yeah, she grew up in Philly, so uh, I guess she was a little closer as a child than, I don't know, a six-year-old me trying to get to Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm such a big ECW guy that, I mean, I, I like vividly remember the first time I got to speak to Paul Heyman. It was like a, 
it was like a, the coolest moment ever, you know, <laughs> where I was like, oh man, like this guy made everything that I loved growing up and it was, it couldn't be nicer. So it's awesome when you get to like talk to someone like that. So my first time I met, I mean, the only time I ever met him uh, was in the ECW arena, Sick. funny enough. Uh, we did a show. I worked for a company called Evolve Wrestling, and we did um, our first like WWE Network special, which was in the old ECW arena in Philadelphia. And Paul Heyman, I don't know if anyone even knew he was coming. He just came to the show to introduce the main event. Uh, and he just walked into the building and a bunch of people were like, oh, Paul Heyman's here. This is crazy. Um, so it was the first time I got to meet him and he was super nice. <laughs> so cool. It was in the ECW arena. I remember that show. That was a yeah. that was a cool yeah. show. It was a wild experience and like something I'm definitely never going to forget. <laughs> so then, OK, you started fairly young wrestling, right? Yeah, I think almost right out of high school. Um, I must have been 18. When I broke, when I started training anyway, uh, like about 2006, 2007, around that time. I mean, that's pretty young. Cause if, right out of high school, uh, that's, that's pretty wild that you just dove right into it. Yeah. I, in high school, I kind of always knew this is what I wanted. Once I was between like 10th and 11th grade. I knew my career was going to be one of two ways. Either I was going to fully dive into pro wrestling or. I was going to go make movies. So I didn't know which way it was going to go. And wrestling kind of happened first. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I know you were an ECW guy, but I feel like CZW where, you know, where you really made your name. They're yeah. even crazy. That, that, that stuff was even crazier than ECW. I was my producer. She was prepping for this interview too. And was she watched like some of your stuff on YouTube and she was like, this is crazy. I didn't know this kind of wrestling exists. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, deathmatch wrestling. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, it, that was definitely an experience. Uh, that was a lot of my early career was doing a lot of those types of matches. Um, which is funny because I think now some people at the performance center may not maybe some of the newer people, but some of the, Guys that have been around for a little bit, uh, they know my history. So they'll always, you know, make jokes that like, oh, when are you going to do like a hardcore match or something? And I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, you guys don't want me to do a hardcore match. I'll be, I'll, I'll be, I'll be like <laughs> yeah, choke not. slamming one of you guys through like a flaming plane of glass. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you guys don't want that smoke. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe not <laughs> <laughs> do you kind of miss being able to like get that hardcore sometimes uh i mean i would say that if if there was a time in you know your career that you've done that that there is maybe a little bit inside of you that does miss it i don't you know i don't want to go back and do all the things that i have done again but i wouldn't mind dabbling and some stuff again if the opportunity arose <laughs> <laughs> i feel like yeah I, I you can't understand it unless you've done it because me i go like ah, I, I can't even sit in the front row and watch it sometimes it's so intense and <laughs> my wife loves it she she's the one who's like please take me to more deathmatch wrestling and i'm like oh but i have to watch i literally have to watch like this though you know and she's like yeah but it's so fun we have to do it uh that's, that's awesome yeah oh dude she loves it like she literally i remember the first time she saw a deathmatch clip online she looked at it and she said why don't you take me to this kind of wrestling and i was like because it's scary i don't know <laughs> what was the most painful thing that ever happened to you in one of those death matches um 
So I did a match uh, called, it, they called it Tangled Web. And basically oh, it's yeah. almost like a cage, but instead of, so in this one, there was one cage piece up, but instead of a regular cage, it was like two cage pieces, diagonal, hanging off the ring. And instead of like mesh, it was just barbed wire. Uh, so me and this guy named Greg Excellent went off the top onto one of these cage pieces. And in my mind, I've taken barbed wire like a few times, like something called a barbed wire board, where it's just barbed wire on a board. But just landing on straight barbed wire that was kind of like barbed wire mesh hooked onto like a big fence uh, was very painful i remember hitting it and just screaming and i think a lot of people maybe was like oh he's just you know doing the wrestling thing i was like no that was one of the most painful things i ever felt and i remember just climbing out and the barbed wire i had a shirt on the barbed wire just was hooked onto my shirt and i could barely get out and as i climb out i look back and unfortunately the guy i suplexed he was farther than i was in the barbed wire just stuck because he had long hair so it was like stuck in the barbed wire um i wanted to help him out but i you know couldn't really reach out and try to pick him out of there so he had to find his own way out oh that sounds so brutal dude oh yeah, man it, it definitely made me not want to um do barbed wire again <laughs> well, at least at least you learned a lesson from it i guess you know <laughs> very true <laughs> very true <laughs> uh, do you ever look back on some of that hardcore stuff and like surprise and get surprised that you even did all that? Yeah, I think so. Um, so I remember. So, oh, I'm so sorry, Khaleesi. Can you stop, please? <laughs> My dog just keeps yelling at me. Um, <laughs> So I think there was a time where somebody, somebody at the PC heard about my history and they were like, yeah, let me see something you've done. So I showed them, <laughs> I showed them one of the worst ones I've done and they just couldn't believe what they were watching. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, yeah, why did I do this? <laughs> I couldn't like believe it myself. Kind of, um, I don't know. It was one of those things where I'm just kind of living in the moment. Like before I got to CZW, I was a big CZW fan. So and, you know, growing up an ECW fan, I was like, yeah, I want to go out there and I want to do this and this. And I want to prove that I belong in like hardcore wrestling. Um, so there was a point where I really just wanted to go out there and try to do, you know, the most brutal stuff that I could. And I guess there was a point that I succeeded in that. And now part of me is kind of happy I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but it was fun while uh, I did it. I think that it can be compared almost to like the jackass stuff kids would do back in the day. Like now you I mean, look yeah, at that. I grew up in that generation yeah, ex too. Exactly. So. <laughs> you know, cause now you look back at that stuff and you're like, I can't believe we were like taking, uh, you know, shopping carts and slamming our friends into a wall in a shopping cart or into bushes yeah. or whatever. And I, and I go, but it was fun. It was pretty fun when it we was, were doing that, it. Yeah. Me and my friends would always try to think of stupid ways to videotape ourselves. <laughs> I don't know. I guess hurting ourselves and, we always found inventive ways. One of my favorites was trying to find giant flights of steps with a, a skateboard with no wheels. And we would just try to go down as smooth as possible. And it didn't always end well. I definitely remember my brother convincing me to go downstairs very often in a shopping cart and like, let's just see what happens, you know? And I like, <laughs> yeah. all right, dude, I guess we'll just see what happens here. How it goes. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Um, uh, let's take a quick detour from wrestling. Um, you want to play a little game with me? 
Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so like I said, I got sick when I first came back from Jamaica, and I was going to do a SummerSlam recap show. Right. And my producers had put this game together for me where, where basically the, the gist of it is this. Uh, they took chat GPT, and they right. had it write haikus about wrestlers, and I was going to guess who the wrestler is based on the haiku. Okay. Uh, uh, but then I got sick. I wasn't here, and I don't want to disappoint all the people who put the work into this. So I thought, well, let's do even better. I'll play host now, and we'll play my game, which I call Chat GP Poetry. So <laughs> this is interesting. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do the first one. This one's uh, this one's a little easier than the others, in my opinion. Uh, okay. So let's see. Here's here's the first haiku. Darkness and spotlight. Arrows flight in wrestling's night, champions ascent. Actually, I take it back. This isn't the easy one. This is the hard one. We I was went about reverse. To say, this is pretty hard. I this think. is not the the this this was supposed to be the hardest one. I I have my order. I had a little out of order apparently here. Darkness and spotlight, arrows flight in wrestling's night, champions ascent. I like this one. Chat, chat GPT got hard on this one, but I like where their their head was at here. Um, the only thing I can think of is Damian Priest. Judges? <laughs> Yay! There we go. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I didn't want to be wrong, so I was doubting myself, but okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that was good. That was you're, all, right. all right. Yeah, you're good at this one because I probably wouldn't have gotten that one on my own. I was, I was impressed by that one. Uh, all right. Let's do a second one. Smashed cans and fierce gaze, attitude flows through the veins, brood essence of fire. Uh, I mean, I have a guess. What do we got? Uh, what do you, yeah, what do you got here? Is it Stone Cold? Is it Stone Cold, judges? It's Stone Cold, okay. Steve Austin. That was the easy one that I was referencing. I that was the easy that one. Was the easy like one. Too easy. I don't know. I, I doubted myself again. Well, that's why I was trying to make that the starter one to like ease our way into it a little bit. So it was kind of easy. But you never know. These haikus, they're, they're real all over the place. So you never know. Yeah. All right. Last one here. And then we're done with chat GP poetry. From hiatus rise, warrior with ageless guys legacy defies hmm. this was a tough one too this was a tough one too from chat gpt from hiatus rise warrior with ageless guys legacy defies hmm. i'll give you a hint okay this is a current superstar a, I, a rest, guess, okay. I feel like it could be wrong hit me with it uh, is it Cody Rhodes? Judges? Ooh, uh, we got yeah. one on you. We got one on you. Yeah. AI, you one. AI, you're slick sometimes. You're very slick <laughs> sometimes. That was fun, though. I like that. That was good. That's good, yeah. That was an, <laughs> I idea, I, was an idea I had while drunk in Jamaica, so I'm glad it, I'm glad it played, <laughs> played well. Uh, all right, let's get back to you here. I want to talk about you getting in WWE. Uh, you so you're doing this CZW stuff. You're a hardcore guy. You're you know doing the thing. When did when did you first learn that WWE was interested in signing you? Um, so the first step toward WWE actually was getting involved with Evolve Wrestling. Um, so I it was a 
company I was trying to get into for a couple of years. And then um, they did a couple like tryout seminar camps. And I, you know, I went to two of them. The one, the first one I went to was, it was getting ran by William Regal. So I purely, I wanted to get booked for the company, but I also was like, wow, I would just go learn from William Regal. So I went and did that mostly just wanting to learn from William Regal. Um, and I think they liked me, but then they didn't end up using me. And then the next time they did another one that was ran by Norman Smiley. Um, so I went and did it. It was just like a tryout. We did some drills and matches and they liked what I saw, what they saw. So I ended up getting used that night on the show. Um, and that actually got used for, uh, extra work at, at NXT. Uh, I think like a month after that. And I didn't end up actually doing anything, but I went to the show for the first time and actually met some people. Oddly enough, I knew already knew a lot of guys on the roster um, before I even went there. So from there, I started getting news that Evolve pretty regularly. And then there was a point where I actually got a contract for Evolve when I was in a group called The Unwanted with a couple other guys. And from there, we were kind of like, you know, we were working with a lot of the WWE talent, um, mostly NXT and like PC. Like um, I had kind of a mini feud with the Street Profits at Evolve. I remember uh, when they was, were doing that swap. It was awesome when they were doing that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, like so much fun. And like in my mind, it was like I feel like I'm really close to, you know, maybe getting signed. But in my mind, I was like, yeah, but like, will it happen or is it even going to happen anytime soon? Like, you know, I didn't really know because it felt so like it flowed into me just being on the Evolve shows, like out of me just doing these death matches almost. So one thing led to another. We did the big um, anniversary special on the WWE Network. So it started feeling closer. And then, unfortunately, uh, COVID happened and everything shut down. Um, a bunch of, so we were supposed to do a WrestleMania week in Tampa. It was like 2020. So a bunch of shows got canceled. Um, we were supposed to do like four, I think evolve shows. Um, and there was a bunch of matches that were lined up that I was really excited to do. And then one thing led to another and WWE ended up buying evolve or, you know, I guess everything involved with evolve. I didn't know the ins and outs of that deal. But then I get a call from, so at this point I'm signed with Evolve and I get a call from a guy named Gabe Sapolsky essentially tells me like, you know, either we're going to have to let you go off the contract. Uh, there's some stuff happening, but I'll keep you in the loop. And like, in my mind, I'm like, all right, well, sounds like Evolve might be over and I'll have to move on to the next thing. Um, and then he lets me know, all right, so this might've been Friday and he goes on Monday, you're going to have a phone call. Um, with it was at the time a uh, talent scout for WWE, and he said it's kind of like a job interview. So you know, just so you know, these are the things you need to know. And I was like, okay. I was like super excited because I did. That was the last thing I expected. COVID started, and I was like, well, you know, I'm actually working a job. I'm in an apartment with my wife, and we're working from home and can't go anywhere. So Monday rolls around and I'm expecting just to try to impress this guy on the phone. I have to talk to. And then like five minutes in, he says, so this is what we're offering you. And I said, oh, OK. So I officially got a deal offered to me and I accepted it without questioning it because 
WWE is where I have always wanted to be. It was always the goal for me. Um, so right from there, I accepted it. And then that was June 2020. And by the end of August 2020, we moved down to Orlando, Florida. Dude, how so, relieved were you that you didn't even have to have a tryout? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of crazy, isn't it? <laughs> like, I guess oh, man, I just, you're, just, you're just offering me. Oh, OK, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do this. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I was super excited. Um, ready to, mo- I was ready to move. Uh, that was a crazy experience, the move down here. But um, yeah, it's been worth it ever since. You know, I remember early on when you were in NXT, I remember you got a lot of comparisons to Bray Wyatt, and I'm sure you still kind of get them today. What do you think when people make those comparisons? All right, so I think, and a lot of people say this, I think a lot of the WWE fans um they only know what they see on tv so when they see something they maybe have to try to understand it they have to link it to something they already know so you know when i debuted i had long hair i had a beard i had tattoos and i was slightly a darker character and let's be honest i'm heavy set so they just said oh this is like bray wyatt this guy's like bray wyatt and then i debut a new character which is you know pretty much currently what i'm doing and then there's like a darkness to the character so automatically everyone just associates it with oh he's a dark character he has a beard he's heavy set and he has tattoos he's just like bray wyatt (laughs) my opinion me and bray wyatt are very very different um i don't think we're similar like maybe the fact that we're two gimmicks that are darker i i think that's kind of where i see it i mean i understand Years ago, Bray did a cult leader type thing. Um, And I guess you could say maybe that aspect of Bray is similar with what I'm doing. But I I believe what I'm doing now is very different than what Bray has done. And also Bray is not, you know, the first person to do this thing. So I don't know why people have to just go right to Bray. Like nobody brings up Kevin Sullivan. Nobody brings up Waylon Mercy. Do those guys inspire the character at all in you? So if you if any of those people do inspire me at all, I would say Kevin Sullivan more than any of the other two. I actually do see that more than the other two for sure, for sure. Like that's the vibe I get for sure. Yeah. I, I, I think that you're dead. I think you're you're completely accurate in your assessment there. Um yeah. and I and I think that um also I, Bray Wyatt is so far from the cult leader stuff now. Like he he's so far past that. Like his character yeah. is nowhere near that anymore. It's something very different. And that was I was like so long ago. So I don't you know it's I don't know. It's crazy to me that it's great that people remember it because obviously it was something memorable that they hang on to. Um, but again, I think what he's doing now and what I'm doing are very different things. Very much so. You know, you talked about getting to shift into more of like the dark. Uh, version of your character um whose idea was it to add rip fowler and jagger reed with you um i mean i'm pretty sure that was a combination of just Shawn michaels and just creative in general um so i'm not sure how it really happened i i think they knew before i did um at the time we were i was doing a thing with um the guy that was there named harlan and we thought like when I found out, we thought they were going to join and it was going to be us four. Um, and then, you know, we we talked and figured out what was going to happen. And then 
we found out that it was just going to be the three of us. Uh, so then we went on with us three, uh, and, and then they had to debut under Druid outfits and they, they had to actually wrestle in the Druid outfits where, which was not fun for them. I'll say they, they were not uh, having a good time wearing those outfits wrestling. That's, that seems difficult to wrestle in for sure. Yeah. So like, it wasn't even, obviously I didn't experience it, but so I know they had a lot of trouble seeing out of it, but on top of that, we were doing like coconut loops for nxt and they were wearing those outfits and these buildings some of them are not air conditioned so we're doing like 15 minute 20 minute six man tag matches where they're just in there sweating to death like in these outfits and every time i went to the corner and had to tag one in i was like you okay you okay all right (laughs) just making sure they're all right (laughs) Um, but now i mean once they joined you know uh i think we started really kind of hitting hitting the ground running as much as we could. Was Ava Ray in the same way where it was kind of like they told you this is this this is what's happening? So funny story about Ava Rain actually. Before I even debuted on TV, me and her got together and came up kind of with this idea of like a cult type group. Um originally it was me, her and this other guy. We were basically pitching for us to be the original idea was almost like a house of a thousand corpses type family group um with like a culty edge um but then things didn't i guess work out exactly um and then 2.0 started so i think that maybe changed some of the ideas uh so when 2.0 happened i feel like some of that idea maybe kind of went out the window um because it was like an overhaul repackaging of the brand itself so um so she kind of like I guess the idea of her and me uh, joining together was kind of put on the back burner. And then when it was just me ripping Jagger, she actually came up to me at the PC one day and said, uh, so did you hear what's going to happen? And I said, no, she was like, so I'm going to join you guys. And I said, that's awesome. Cause originally it was going to be me and her trying to do something anyway. So I'm glad it finally panned out on TV. That's so cool. I definitely didn't know that, that she was involved in the creation of the group in general. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, she was a big uh, part of the beginnings of the the whole idea. And it's been cool seeing her progression on TV in the group, considering she's still so early in her career. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's doing great, in my opinion, with everything. Well, I've reached the end of the show here, but I like to end every episode of the show with a segment that I call the finishing move. I don't know. I don't know if the graphics are happening. Oh, whoop, there, we are. there there is. I wasn't sure if the graphics were going to happen. I went into it pretty fast. Uh, what's your least favorite move to be on the receiving end of? Uh, I'm sorry. Do you hear that now? No. Oh, God. Okay, I'll just keep going then. Uh, <laughs> um, least favorite move to be on the receiving least end. Least favorite. Um, wow. I don't know. That's uh, I can't think of anyone specifically in NXT doing it to me, but I would say a Canadian destroyer <laughs> for me might be the worst. <laughs> seems like an unfun move to take. That seems like a not yeah. fun move. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think I don't think uh, I can do it very well. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, I, Easiest way to say it. From just watching TV, it looks like taking Braun Breaker's spear would hurt. Uh, yeah, I mean, it does. But, I mean, you know, I, I've been hit before, so yeah. it's okay. 
True, true. Yeah, you just told me about going through a, all barbed wire as you're rolling down it like a hill. So, yeah, I guess I, I mean, guess that. I did take his spear through uh, an announce table once, so that was something. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it didn't have barbed wire on it, you know? That, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, lastly, what's the most memorable time that you hit your finishing move on someone and why? Um, I would say, actually when I had the feud with Brown breaker, uh, leading into in your house, 2021, I think that was sounds um, right. I think so. We did this segment where I had a bunch of hooded figures, uh, storm the ring. Uh, when Braun's dad came out, uh, we thought Braun wasn't there. And then he announced Braun was there. So Braun came out, beat up a bunch of guys. Uh, and then out of that, I hit, the handspring clothesline on Braun. And then that was the moment where all the uh, hooded figures kind of passed the NXT title down the line and I grabbed it and held it up. And that was the first time I ever even touched that title actually. So I guess for me, that was like a cool moment to lay out the champion and have that moment where I'm like, here we go holding the belt. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Love it. Well, dude, thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, super fun chatting with you. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Uh, joy yeah. watching you on TV. So I'm excited that we got to finally do this. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I enjoy being here very much. <laughs> I would love to do it again sometime. Great. Well, I'll, I'll rack up some more nerd stuff for us to discuss and I'll make sure it happens. Sounds good to me. All right, dude. Have a great day. <laughs> Thanks. You Peace. too. Or night. You're nighttime now, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> post-dinner time. Uh, have a good one, dude. Later. <laughs> Thanks, you too. <laughs> well, that was my conversation with Joe Gacy. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Super cool guy. Uh, it's always nice when you get to meet someone for the first time and have a long conversation like that, and you feel similar vibes. You, you can understand who they are as people, and it makes me more of a fan of their work on TV. I was already a fan of what he does, but now, even more. Uh, before I get out of here, Let's do some housekeeping. Make sure if you're watching this on video, if you're on YouTube, what's up? Appreciate you doing so. Make sure you're subscribed on here, getting all the WWE on Fox content, but also make sure you go subscribe to the Out of Character podcast feed. It's where you can find the Raw and SmackDown roundups that I'm doing as well. I took a little break from them, but I'm back doing them. So make sure you're not missing out on those and that you are subscribed to the Out of Character podcast feed. And if you're on the Out of Character podcast feed listening to this, you're not seeing my beautiful face right now. It's okay, but make sure you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel when you get a chance. Uh, everything's on there. WWE on Fox is killing it with the YouTube channel, so make sure you guys are following there. And also, make sure you're following us on social media as well. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Threads, we're on every single platform. I know it's overwhelming. There's a lot of platforms to be on, but make sure if you're on them, you're following WWE on Fox. All right, that's it. I'm done officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been another episode of Out of Character.